Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for another episode, uh, insert quirky comment here, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Commander David. How are you guys? Good. It's been a long road, yeah. getting from there to here. Bro, I know. <laughs> I know. Man. I was about to say that was a heck of a length of shore leave we got there. So we were grounded. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the, the name of was grounded? Isn't, isn't grounded the name of um, uh, uh, the season three premiere of Lower Decks? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were grounded. We were grounded. The, uh, the podcast got arrested. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get arrested, Chase? Is that why we were grounded for so long? I can neither confirm nor deny that, <laughs> Commander. <laughs> oh boy, yeah the uh, the pot the podcast program was uh, was p- almost put on mothballs, right? Like we had to run like hundreds of scenarios to see if it was actually going to happen again, and here we are. Here we are. Here we yeah. Are. The it's it's been a minute since uh, since we last did a um, an episode together, but we're back. Uh, we got through um, really the holidays. Like it was, um, I think, what Halloween? No, 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 no. We were we were still doing stuff around Halloween. So we got through uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and we're doing uh, what? lower decks. Yeah, right? we, yeah, yeah, lower decks, and here we are. And um, so was that November second? Right? Yeah, yeah. Dang. That's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh man. But anyway, yeah, here we are. And uh, yeah, I know that um, you know, the listeners don't know this, but like uh, we um, we were just like kind of like wanting to like just talk and hang out with each other, so we had like just a little virtual hangout last time or last week at the time of this recording and just kind of chit-chatting about what we want to do. Right. And um, that's kind of like why we're here now, uh, what we're going to be recording and kind of starting like a pseudo kind of series of sorts with the show. And we'll more on that here in just a little bit uh, before I get ahead of myself. Like, I know there's been like three months or whatever it's been. So, like, I don't you don't have to recap three months worth of stuff. But like what's been going on, guys, like anything like noteworthy that you want to maybe share with the listeners, perhaps. Well, we moved, Raquel and I, right? We cool. uh, were in our, our terrible apartment that we were afraid of living in. Mm. And so we got the heck up on out of there. <laughs> moved into a new place. It's nice. We like it. <clears throat> our dog dog moved in with us full time, finally. Right, That's an adjustment for me because I'm not used to living with a dog full time. <laughs> He's he he loves me. I'm his favorite though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started a new job. I left the the world of secondary teaching and moved into post secondary again. Oh man, right? Where'd you go. I know I'm back to being a college professor now, right? Professor. I know, right? Less less it's a lot less work teaching college than it is teaching high school. Hmm. And people hear that like what? Well, like yeah, shut the front just, door. Well, it's it's because it, it's, it's more work for you as a student in college than it is in high school, right? 
the trade-off is, right? It's less work for the instructor. In theory, yes. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't have to turn in lesson plans right that's like that's, the biggest thing i love is like no one is asking me two weeks ahead that's of time good. turn in your lesson plans that's good right there it's like how am i planning things two weeks out right mm -hmm. it's better if i do it like two days before that way i'm in the right mindset yeah yeah i know we were kind of talking about this like as part of like our, our hangout last time but um like at, at the university i'm at we've been doing this like a uh, accreditation process and we have to have like so many like artifacts and evidence of standards being met and some of it's like you know give us your syllab syllabi you know give us like uh, screenshots of like your e-learning platform and like the assignments that are there and blah 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 and like there's like some stuff I'm like I don't know how to provide evidence for this and I really don't want to give you a copy of my uh, lecture so that you can rip it apart and nitpick it but like I had to do that like for one thing and I'm like heaven help me um, <laughs> but yeah yeah in theory in theory college stuff isn't um, as as challenging I suppose and then again I've never done secondary um, like you have Eric so trust me I'll take your word for it. And it's like, <clears throat> hey, I don't I'm not I don't have to be there from eight to five. Right. You know, hey, do mm -hmm. I need to be there mm -hmm. at, at nine o'clock? But no one's hey, you're, it's nine o'clock. You're not here yet. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't I can leave. It's oh, it's three forty five. I'm done with everything I need to. I'm just going to go home. Look at you go. Right. If mm -hmm. I got to work at home, maybe I'll do some work at home. Right. Yeah. But nobody's. I know David's like. I'm a supervisor. You better be at your desk at nine o'clock. Uh, not technically anymore. <laughs> I, I don't manage people right now, so I'm just responsible for myself. It's always a good thing. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Eric shared some stuff. How about you, David? Uh. So you said the last time we did anything was November. <sighs> Admittedly, yes. Yeah. Uh. Well. I got a year older in November. I started a new job in December. Um, <laughs> basically being an adult for mm. people who haven't been an adult for very long, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, not, not a ton. Honestly, like last year was so busy all the way up through like November and then the holidays hit and then kind of January comes in and able to just sort of like not be going all the time. So it's actually been a little bit more relaxed on the home front, which is, which has been nice. Cause like, you know, wedding and honeymoon did all that last year. And it just seemed like week after week, just new, new stuff. So, uh, yeah, settling in and waiting on the sun, so to speak, so we can get get past winter, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so that the work the can sun. start start dun, again. Dun. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's been the majority of the past couple of months for for me, cool. just working and getting through winter. Cool. 
Very cool. <laughs> what about you, Chase? I mean, like, drama. I mean, there's always drama somewhere with something, but, like, it's fine. Um, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> nothing really. I mean, I've been just enjoying watching hockey and, like, the Dallas Stars doing well. Um, so I think the I think the Stars stand a really good chance of making the playoffs. I mean, in fact, if the decision for playoffs were made today, they would be there. So that's good as far as I'm concerned. Um, we're actually yeah. uh, my family and I, uh, when my daughter has her spring break here in about a month or so, uh, we actually bought tickets to all go to a Stars game uh, one Thursday night. Uh, when it's a home game. So we'll be doing that um, here in about a month. So that'll be cool. Um, we've all like really gotten into it. Like there's just like nothing good on TV right now. So we've just really enjoyed watching ice hockey together as a family. Like the kids have gotten really into it and stuff. And like my son's just been like super cute. Like he'll say, go stars, daddy. And I'm like, yeah, go stars, son. And I'm like, no, you. And then I'll say, no, you. And it's just like this back and forth, like cute little thing. And I'm just, I'm loving it. Just having this like thing I get to share with my kids and just, and my, my wife too. Like we're just enjoying it together. It's really cool. Other than that, I spent uh, more money than I care to admit on my academic regalia. So I'm really happy that I got some like fancy, you know, academic cosplay, so to speak. Oh, you got the fancy, the fancy hood, right? I got the you're whole one thing. Of those, you're one of those people now. Yeah, I got my school's like authorized robes. It's got oh, like my school crest, cool. like on the velvet panels and everything, like the special colors, and I'm excited. Yeah, that's fancy. Yeah. Like when I had to, you know, I I bought. I didn't go to my regular college graduation because whatever. But I did like the my master's one. Yeah. And I, you know, I bought the cap and the gown and the hood, right? I mean, I don't know who knows where it went over the years, right? Cause it's been ten years or whatever, right? But then, like, you know, when I first started teaching college, um, it it was like part of our job. We were required to go to commencement uh, as yeah. faculty. Like you had faculty have to go to commencement, right? It's like, why? Oh, that's so boring. And so, and I was like, okay, I'm required to go. Do I have to, like, provide my own, like, cap and gown and hood? They're like, no, no, no. We're going to rent those for you. You know, you show up the morning of, we'll have it for you. You put it on. When commencement's over, you take it off and we'll send it back. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. like, Don't make me pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then now I'm teaching back at college again, and it's going to be required for us to go to commencement. Yeah, and I asked I asked the same question: Do I have to like provide this? Like, no, we'll, we got you. Yeah. The one but thing our, I, our our commencement is going to be at the Alamo Dome. That's cool. You know, the that's big, cool. big, big, gigantic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> football God. stadium right there in downtown. <laughs> Eric caught himself on that one. <laughs> PG show, PG. Hey, this uh, is the magic of editing, right? No one even has to know. You could just, you could just edit that, and where I said something, you could like, we could loop it. We could loop it, right? Because most of the show is done with, over and over is done with looping, you know. I'm just gonna have like a bunch of like sensor beeps for Eric 
on this episode. I know, it's good, like, beep, 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 <laughs> okay, and then it starts going, and I just talk, talk to it, and try to line it up. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've learned so much about looping from listening, I'm listening to that Delta Flyers podcast with Tom and Harry, mm-hmm. right? They talk about looping all the time. <laughs> like, like Garrett Wong, literally, like, when the show started, he was like, he called his agent and said, you got to get me out of this show. You got to get me out of this contract. I can't do it. I cannot do looping. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, I can't do it. <laughs> back to back to graduation robes. <laughs> One thing I love, I just want, I'll say this. For anyone that has a master's degree, I think it's, I think the robes are funny looking, but they're so cool in the sense like like the long like little like curtain drapes that you have on your <laughs> on your wrist cool like, curtain drapes basically like they're like the, like kind of what they are yeah right? like they're like they're like uh you look like a freaking it's flying like, it's squirrel like scre- it's like the scream outfit come on basically the, like, yeah the long <laughs> like that you could like there's like at least the ones that i wore for my my, my graduation like they had like inner like slits for like that long part, so you could literally like throw like a whole bag of Doritos in that thing, and like no one would notice. <laughs> whole bag of Doritos in one arm and a two-liter Mountain Dew in the other, and you're good to go. You got a party. You sneaking into the you sneaking into the movie theater with your snacks. Yeah. Oh, I just felt like wearing my graduation robe. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it, right? Am I right? Okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Okay, so guys, um, kind of <laughs> moving away from that, um, as it relates to like Trek and news, right? Like, so we know that um, a couple things have happened. Uh, for one, since we last recorded together. Um, we had um, Prodigy season one that was re-released on Netflix. Um, I believe that was what Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I believe, um, at least for Netflix in the United States. Um, and then we're having season two of Prodigy here sometime this year in 2024, at the time of this recording. Um, and then we also know that uh, Discovery season five, the the final season of Discovery, is coming out in April. We have a date. Oh, there's a date now. Yeah, April 4th is the season five premiere for Discovery. Put that in the calendar. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Ten. We're talking ten episodes uh, for the final season of Discovery. So that's going to put us at like an early June. I think it's April like be 4th? April 4th. 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at like I think the first or second week of June. When we're looking that's... at D-Day. The invasion yeah. of Normandy. Yeah. Damn, it would be sad to see that show go. I know. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, listen, Picard season three went out on a really high note. Hopefully they crush the final season, right? I want good discovery. Like, I want some good discovery. Don't. Please, like, don't think. Oh, I'm glad that show's gone. You know, like, <laughs> I know there, I know there have been people that have left comments on like various, you know, podcast distribution places, like whether it's you know the iTunes of the world or it's elsewhere, saying that we give 
discovery too hard of a time in our comments. Like we just seem to like always like loop it in Us to all our conversations. But here's the thing, like Yeah, we it, always it, it, refer to it even when we're not talking about it. That's true. We do yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering if that was directed directly at us or somebody else or just in general. It's probably me. Probably me. I don't know. But here, here's the thing, guys. Like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm like delusional or something. But I seem to recall, like, despite how it ended with um, season three, we were singing season three's praises there for a while. Yeah, yeah the, for the, the first half of it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there were some good parts, but, like, I I do somewhat dislike now seemingly not to sound like an old guy or anything, but, like, nowadays where if you're critical of something, then automatically, like, it, it almost seems like your, your opinion gets invalidated. Look, it's just not, like speaking for myself I actually enjoyed parts of season two Mm -hmm. which I don't know particularly I I don't think either of you particularly did either of you particularly enjoy season two I think Mm. season two is the best season of discovery okay so like I enjoyed season two you know I, I just I think that like at times they lost the plot and didn't develop the characters. That's a valid criticism for, for the show. And if you can't deal with that, then like, you know, move along. I, I move guess along home. I hate to say it, but like, you know, kind of allowed not to like something. Yeah. It's not yeah. like I hate it all, but you know, there, there are parts of that that are, they're just rough, and, you know? And I think, I think that's the problem you run into with serial, with serialization, right? If if you don't like the story, right, it's not like you're stuck in it, right? And sometimes those stories kind of lost the plot. They really they did, at least. Yeah. And I think they were dragged out. I think we said Discovery season four was like a five episode story, right? Yeah, yeah. Six if you're stretching it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I th- I think that's like. But we, so, so the last season of Picard was such a detraction from what they had done previously. And I think a lot of that was mainly due to, you know, people saying that it's like this isn't going the way we thought it would go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know, Chase, we had talked a while ago about potentially like looking into the um, the uh, Patrick Stewart autobiography that yeah. came out a little while ago. And he stated in that that you know, he didn't want the reunion. And I understand that. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Like I think there are parts of season one that were actually kind of intriguing. I just didn't like the way they went in season two. I just didn't think it was very strong. But it also right. feels really good to see the old crew in season three oh, because yeah. TNG Definitely. was huge when we were kids. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was gonna say, I was like less people think we're overly criticizing discovery i think we made we all of us made the same complaint about season two of picard Mm -hmm. right it was it was a five episode story maybe right Mm -hmm. that we all kind of felt like what's going on here toward the back end of it it was like it didn't make sense like q is helping picard but how is this helping him and like hey she's decided to get on the the ship mission over let's go home right 
Mm -hmm. So it's like we're we criticize like all the shows. I think we were even critical of of Strange New Worlds. So it's like at times, at times, yeah. Like when there is criticism to be had, we're not just over here singling out Discovery for to criticize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 I guess also then to just slight devil's advocate and maybe to be fair. You know the the whole Burnham kind of being what in other universes you would just refer to as like a Mary Sue or something like that. Unfortunately, you know sometimes we do kind of step into that a little bit, maybe um, because you know Michael Burnham was always right, seemingly in the show that 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 development of character always seemed very uh, forced, other than very natural, like some other uh, characters. True. have been in True. the yeah. Trek universe and you know maybe that's not always warranted to to poke fun at but at the same token you know <laughs> kind of is what it is you know? mm -hmm. but like at the same time you know I mean it's obvious I'm not the biggest fan of Michael Burnham right but yeah. I've given her praise when she deserves it like there are moments and I can think of them like the season three finale right she made the decision to get Stamets off the ship because he's the only one who could work the sport drive and he wanted to stay for his family but it was the right decision she said I don't care how you're going to feel about it like you got to get off the ship and I gave her praise there was the episode in season 4 of Stormy Weather where she was like uh well we can't finish this mission right now because we can't navigate we can't do sensors so we got to leave right yep. and it was the right decision Whereas in like previous seasons, she wouldn't have made that decision, right? So she, so like, when she deserves praise, I, the first person to give it to her. Yeah, I think I'm in the the probably strong, very small minority here when I say that I actually just wanted her to be the human Vulcan hybrid and have that be a story. I still liked like early season one Burnham where she was just sort of struggling with like, you know, being a person, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having, having effect. And I don't want to call it brainwashing, but basically the, the Vulcan sort of mindset drilled into a human head and living amongst Vulcans and having to deal with that. I actually thought that was kind of, that could be kind of a cool story and it was very quickly dropped. I actually wish they would have done it, hmm. but that's just me sure well we're going to have a lot more discussion of that um, as we get closer and um, you know I think we've if correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure we already did the season 4 retrospective if I'm not mistaken I think we did that like last year um, and it might be worth don't don't flinch but it might be worth just doing like some kind of like um like disco recap going before we go into season five. So it's still kind of like fresh. Um, so I mean, like even if it's just like season three onward when we're actually in 32nd century, um, as opposed to going all the way back to season one. So, uh, but yeah, April, I feel like discovery ended like two years ago, didn't it? <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, didn't it? That ending for season four March, definitely. 
March 17th, 2022. It's been Good two grief. years. Good, Good grief. That hurts. Wow. Man. <laughs> well, I mean, we went two years in between season one and season two of Picard. Even still. Yeah. And with and with the writer's strike and stuff, we're probably I gonna go two years pretty close to it for for Strange New Worlds. So I just saw um um on the day of this recording that um uh Strange New Worlds uh just started uh, filming, uh, I believe it was episode four. Oh, okay, nice. So, and they are going in order. So they're 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 almost what halfway done with uh, the third season. Yeah, because we can only do ten episodes for a freaking TV show anymore. Well, well, <laughs> I, I I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about Enterprise here eventually. Um, but I, I didn't read the article, but I was <laughs> like going through my news feed on my phone. And the article, it's, it was, the title was Scott Bakula thinks, thought, thinks doing 26 episodes a season was stupid. Well, I, I didn't read the article. I'm sure they do because it was probably hell getting through all of that back then, but that's how you did it, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> I'm sure they love only doing limited seasons now and, you know, still getting paid. So... <laughs> Listen here, Bacula, back off. <laughs> back off, Bacula. <laughs> well, all right. Well, more on that, more on, on Discovery and other stuff a little bit later on, um, later on in the year. But uh, with that, guys, do you want to go ahead and talk Trek? Yep. All yeah. Right, cool. All right, everyone. Well, buckle up. This is your red alert. Uh, We're not necessarily going into spoilerific territory, but we might as well um, as we talk about um, some Star Trek Enterprise. So here we go. Um, Fellas, when we were having our conversation uh, most recently, uh, we were kind of talking about this idea of kind of talking through um, some of our favorite slash comfort episodes. Okay. So um, they don't necessarily have to be like the same thing, like it, like the episodes that we're choosing. And we're going to go basically with um, we're going to start with Enterprise. We'll work our way next to original series and then next gen and so on and so forth. Um, where we go week by week kind of doing this or however we decide to kind of tee it up, basically. But a favorite episode again, doesn't have to be a comfort episode. So, for instance, like, um, I'm going to step outside of Star Trek for an instance, for, for a second. Um, like, whenever I'm, like, in a mood or I'm just feeling a certain way, like, there's an episode of, like, Doctor Who that I will always put on that just seems to always cheer me up. Okay? And it's from the David Tennant era. It's called The Shakespeare Code. It's whenever he goes back to meet William Shakespeare and kind of have an adventure doing Shakespeare kind of stuff. It's, it's really cool. Um, and like, it's just when I'm having like a really crummy day that I'll put that on or, um, like, uh, I know it's not necessarily, um, an episode, but like, um, like whenever I'm like feeling, I don't know, sick sometimes I'll put on first contact for instance, like Star Trek first contact and just like watch that. And I've seen that over 200 times. So, like, there are movies, there are TV shows, um, there are songs. Like, there are things that we gravitate to, to just to kind of, like, feed our soul, 
so to speak, to kind of just help us feel better, just to kind of take us away um, more than maybe some other episodes in the Star Trek library might in terms of what we're talking about um, this uh, for this, this episode. Um, so the challenge is like, I realized that we might have like an overall one that we would probably go to, but like we wanna like really appreciate the different series for what they are. So giving us like the leeway to kind of choose like if this is this a favorite or if it's a comfort you know what why does it hold significance for us um, that's us kind of taking this dive so um, for this particular episode we're gonna um, look first to um, for the, this week this week's install installment if you will of comfort episodes is thanks to David so we're gonna be talking through um, David's favorite slash comfort episode from Star Trek Enterprise and uh, I'm gonna let him um, kind of introduce the episode and then we'll kind of talk about some particulars and then kind of just explore it from there yeah um, I'll, I'll tell you in the beginning I, I had a kind of a hard time narrowing down to one episode on my little pad of paper here I wrote down seven different episodes <laughs> I I really wow. enjoyed Enterprise uh, it came out at just a you know I, I was in college when it started coming out it was just like it was just a great, great time for that to come out for me. And um, I think one of the things that keeps me sort of engaged with Enterprise, and you can kind of give it some <laughs> some body shots for, you know, like some of the CGI that they were using at the time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it just... <sighs> okay, one of my favorite movies is Apollo 13 like when you're talking about like top 10 favorite movies and the biggest thing is is the struggle so as humans walking through life achieving things it oftentimes is a struggle very rarely do you ever gain anything that you're you know either proud of achieve achievements don't come lightly okay so you you two in the academic world know that I, I, without speaking for you, I, I know you guys know that very well. And, and I know that in the business world and, and personally and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, similarly, similarly to Apollo 13, which was, you know, the follow up to the to the moon landing and all of the, you know, just the the terrible things that happened on that attempted flight back to the moon and how they overcame it. It, it, it's it's a great story of of human achievement despite not meeting your goal, which sometimes happens too. Enterprise to me was always the, you know, we don't have the best technology. We're kind of still flying by the seat of our pants. We can't go as fast as we want to go. We don't know anything of what's out there, but we're going anyway. So there were a couple of episodes that specifically embodied that a bit for me. Um, so I guess just to begin, the, the episode that I chose for, for this week was First Flight. And, uh, you know, this was the episode where we, where we show Archer as a commander in the test program for the NX class while they're trying to break initially the warp two barrier and then eventually the warp three barrier. 
So they're not exploring anything. They're literally in our solar system, trying to push this engine design that Archer's father created, and they're running into a lot of problems. Um, so the the first thing, I, I, I think I'm just gonna go through a couple of points here. I don't necessarily know if we wanna like recap, recap episodes necessarily, like full on, this isn't really an episode review, but um, so one of the things that like, I think we all have like a favorite captain, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. So one of the reasons we have that is because we spend so much time with them over the course of these seasons and you, you build out their character and sometimes they change and sometimes they stay the same. But with Archer, you know, in the very early parts, you're dealing with, with a kind of a human race that is very stuck in their own viewpoint of morality of the galaxy the understanding that they have is almost absolute and archer yeah really encompassed that throughout you know the series in different points but he changed a lot because he saw a lot so one of the points that i brought away here is you kind of start to see why archer is who he is and it's not necessarily the human condition. It's because all of this was the dream of his father. Mm-hmm. So he is a man living through the dream of his father because, you know, they obviously had a great bond, but he wants to continue to push this this idea that this man had. And I think we can all kind of like sit back and, and sort of think about that in our own lives, whether it's, you know, something that are whatever parent it doesn't have to be your father but just one of your parents kind of pushed you in a direction early on or maybe it was somebody you looked up to and you know achieving that end whatever it is can be very gratifying but it can also be a struggle if it's not your vision too in this archer's vision is very clear he wants Mm -hmm. to explore the mode of his exploration is the dream of his father. So in the early, you know, in the storytelling in this episode, you're seeing him holding so tightly to the dream that he starts to become less objective about it. That's part of the episode. And one of the things that I like, so we had a character, A.G. Robinson, who was uh, another pilot, another commander in this uh, test program. And he points that out to Archer, and later they they not only come to blows, but they come to a reconciliation. And he's like, you're kind of right. I lost some objectivity because I just wanted this thing to go so, so well all the time. I couldn't blame it on anything else. It was always a, an excuse. And, and AG also says in here, you know, it takes more to be a captain than just being a good pilot, being in the simulations, doing the training. You have to go above that because you're leading people. So I, I think that that's, a, that's an important thing to think about. There's one thing I just want to pause you on real yeah, quick. Sorry, like, go th- th- that I just really resonate with. <laughs> I just really resonate with like what you're saying about yeah. like... Um, like others kind of like it being like a inspiration for you and kind of like uh, pushing you, you know, on a little bit to like, you know, achieve something. And I can remember um, when I was young, like when I was in like, you know, 
elementary or something, like around the time that um, like Forrest Gump like with Tom Hanks would have come out, um, there was, there's a line in there, something to the effect of, you know, where he's asking like his mother, like, you know, mama, what's my destiny? And um, not really understanding like what that was. I can't remember when that movie came out, like maybe 93, 4 or 5. 94, yeah. Okay, so like we were all like 7 when that came out. Um, <clears throat> and just thinking like, like I remember asking my mom, like, mom, what's my destiny? And she said something in like a very sage-like kind of way, you know, like, and um, then kind of like added on like, you know, that's find something that you love to do and figure out a way to make money doing it type of thing. And, um, but also saying like, only you can figure that out type of thing. But then I think to like a high school teacher, um, that I'm sure I know Eric would be aware of. I don't know if he had the same teacher, but um, uh, her name was uh, Sally Tartoni, Mrs. Tartoni, um, in high school. And I had uh, Mr. She, Tartoni. yeah, I, I never had him for math, um, but she taught um, psych. Um, yeah, yeah, she taught my psychology class, and she was part of the inspiration of why I pursued um, a psych degree, and then eventually became a counselor. So like just like those two women in my life were like major influences, um, kind of like what, what I believe you're getting at, David. I just mm -hmm. wanted to kind of highlight that to kind of just back that up a little bit. And I'm, I don't know if Eric's had a similar experience. I don't want to detract from what you're trying to say. Oh no, you're, you're good. <laughs> I'm trying to, to let David finish with his whole, his whole you know, spiel. Exposition. My spiel. Yeah. His, his exposition I before I, before I jumped in. Right. Um, <laughs> it's captain's prerogative. Well, well, no, David said a lot of things that, you know, really resonate with me and mm -hmm. he explained them in like a really nice way. Like <clears throat> you have, he like Archer's father, right? Built the engine and he was his dream. And, you know, sometimes your father or a father figure, right? Kind of like try to push their child towards a dream and, you know, maybe the child doesn't always have that same dream. Like, you're giving up on your dream, son. No, dad, I'm giving up on your dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, there's that. Especially like yeah. the, Tex the Texas football thing, right? I'm trying to say, playing quarterback for West Canaan High might have been the best time of your life, but not mine. <laughs> the James Vanderbeek versus Blues. <laughs> And I don't mean to make light of this because I think no. I'm going to make a serious I'm going to make a serious point here, um, right? Like Archer is so single-minded in like making sure this engine works, right? Because this was his dad's dream, and and for him, he's like he's holding on to his father, like through this engine, right? And through this dream of making it work and getting out there. And like, you know, my dad, my dad died when I was young and I was 12 years old, right? And I don't think Chase, I don't think you ever met my dad. I didn't. Okay. Great guy, right? Loved him a lot, right? People are like, you look just like him and I see you sometimes. I'm like, Norm? And that, that's hard to hear, but like, you know, my dad loved education, right? It was like a, it was like big for him. And like, that was something that he really pushed upon me. And I, 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 it was my experience that he pushed it on me more than my brother. But like, 
my brother might say something differently because I don't I didn't experience you know I don't have I don't have the same relation like he, my brother has a different relationship with my dad than I so I don't know everything that happened between them um, but like is my experience that he pushed education really hard on me and like education is my passion in life right it is the thing that I like care about the most and mm. I think that's because my dad pushed it on me so hard right and did I grab a hold of education to grab a hold and keep a hold of my father right is that the reason why it's so important to me is because it came from him right and like would like would I have such a passion for education right if my father you know didn't pass at, at a young age right and so i mean i i <clears throat> i understand archer's motivations here in in this episode like and i and i can connect with him in a really strong way in the while watching this episode and it, it it's one of those episodes that really does resonate with me a lot Thanks for sharing that. Right, and I don't want to get too yeah. heavy here, right? But, like, you know, Star Trek gets me in my feels sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the magic of, of Star Trek, though, in a lot of ways. There's, a, there's yeah. a lot of episodes that you can point to that bring up a lot of different issues if you look at it a certain way, and some are very obvious, but, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, I, suppose, I suppose just continuing on past that, the, the other the other part that I really enjoy about this is the, the struggle to get to space. Like, again, we, we could, we could look at so many other episodes and, you know, you have the best weapons, you have the big ships, you've got, you know, some struggles, but in general, everything is already there. These are all the building blocks. And I've always appreciated, um, the start of things because the start of things if you do it well you're going to have a great product in the end or just following that initial journey and like you mentioned first contact uh, earlier yeah and that also ties <laughs> into why i like first contact as well because you're literally going back to the very beginning of warp in that episode with zephram cochran so it, it, it ties in. I like the start of things. I don't always, you know, need to know the end. But if I have the, the very start, the foundation, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty happy. Um, so the struggle. And I, I, I told you I'd, I mentioned one other one that was a real close second to this one. Silent Enemy, season one, episode 12. That was another one that I, I had in here, and that was, you know, being attacked by a superior enemy, you're outgunned, you're outmaneuvered, you use your knowledge to then basically overload a cannon, a phase cannon, in order to drive them off, but, like, it's the futility of going out there and knowing that you don't have the best equipment, you're not super well prepared, but you're gonna get there because you have a great foundation which started with this episode which is why mm-hmm. I switched my mindset to to specifically this episode is kind of like one of those you know just quintessential sort of enterprise uh, things 
Um, and then there, there are two other things that I want to mention. One of them is somewhat morbid, but I, I can appreciate it in a way. So A.G. Robinson, the reason why we're even bringing up the whole story is because he died. He died in an accident summoning Mount McKinley. Now, in Star Trek, there is a reasonable amount to a lot amount of death. Okay? There's wars. There's accidents. Mm -hmm. But all of this stuff we normally see in the scope of the ship, right? Right. But rarely, and there's two instances that I can come to mind. One was in um, Insurrection. Sometimes you have to put an element of life and reality that despite we're in sci-fi fantasy world, literal real-life accidents can happen. And people can pass. And you have to find a way to move past that, to tell the stories because like one of, one of the difficulties that a lot of people have is, is the realization that eventually after so much time has passed, your name won't be remembered. It, it, it won't. But you can pass on the stories of people who have passed and continue that, continue that thought, that idealism, the, mm-hmm. who that person was. And I think that that's an important thing. So here unfortunate accident that's reality but we're recognizing this person for the contributions they made to the character of archer right we're telling the story and then eventually we name a nebula a nebula after him yeah so that you know there's some sort of permanence out there which is comforting to me um and then to tie on to that the other part that I really enjoy about this episode is it's not just story session. There is actually a mission here, a scientific mission to a dark matter nebula. Mm-hmm. So we have that in the background as we're telling the story. So we're actually doing science stuff. And then finally, when we're actually able to see the nebula, then encompasses the other thing that I love about Star Trek, the wonder of the universe. You have this... Yep unseen thing and we're seeing it firsthand literally in the middle of it and I I remember certain episodes of like later Trek where you know we're charting or you know we we see a gas giant you know we've seen the 10 millionth you know supernova or whatever and like it becomes slightly dull but in here it's the beginning we haven't seen it before we're literally here the wonder of the universe is here and that's that's like a cool thought to think about one day maybe one day we might be out there as a species and actually not through the lens of a telescope not through a satellite taking pictures far off there might be people out there that are actually viewing the wonders of the universe just like we have when we're viewing the wonders of the world like this year i saw the grand canyon that's a wonder of our world Absolutely. But I can't go see a nebula. You know what I mean? But one day there could. And this is like, this is the fantasy aspect of the show that I enjoy is that you're living vicariously through these characters. Make believe. I get that. But they're seeing the wonders of the universe. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, you went from like 
storytelling. Uh, a very sad start. We're telling a great story of a person and, and that impact. We're showing the character of our captain. We're showing the character of T'Pol in here being concerned about our captain. We're, you know, meeting trip. We're, we're, we're driving through the futility of our early program. And then we have success. And then we end with the literal wonder of the universe. There are very few complete episodes, like complete from start to finish episodes for me in anything. This one truly is, for me, a complete episode sure. that encompasses everything that is so great uh, with Star Trek in general. And that's yeah. that's why I had to put it in there. I could watch this thing about a- any time. Yeah, yeah, I think you make a really good point there, especially like when they finally do get the dark matter to like erupt or illuminate or whatever. Like yeah. <clears throat> Archer's looking at it, and T'Pol, being her Vulcan self, is like, I've got to get the sensor data, right? I've got to make sure everything. And he's like, stop. Just come look at this, right? It's like, this is awesome. Look at it, yep. right? It's like, I always see that. It's like, you see people at their concerts, and they're like on their phone, and they're trying to like record the concert. It's like, put your phone down and just enjoy it, right? Yeah. And there, it's just that that wonder of it, and and that is one of the reasons why I really do like Enterprise as well, is that there's a newness quality to it, yeah. right? Where you know, we're not jaded, you're not the Vulcans out here, like yeah, we've seen that, right? Or or all I care about is the numbers, right? It's beautiful, right? I you know as you were describing it, and even like you know watching it in preparation for this show. The thing that like I really appreciated about the structure and like the two stories is like you really have this parallel process that's that's occurring, right? Like you have the process of like breaking a certain warp barrier, right? In this case, two, and then eventually two point five. Um, but then and like and you see all like that struggle, like you were highlighting, and like processing even through the challenges, the grief of all that stuff. But then you're using like the, the present day kind of dealing with the grief of this friend and like the struggle of igniting the nebula so that you can really like chart it basically. So you can get your, your data on it and just like how, like, you know, you finally have like the breakthrough of hitting that warp barrier, you finally have that breakthrough of igniting the nebula and being able to chart it um, or whatever. Um, I just, I, I love that parallel. Um, I, I love how they structure it. And I, I, um, I actually forgot how much I enjoyed this episode until I rewatched it. And I'm glad that you, you picked this one. Yeah. One other thing I did, I do want to throw just on top of it now that I'm, you know, kind of in the, the thought process. Another thing that I think that this episode showed, um, maybe looking at it a little too deep, but the Vulcans. So the Vulcans are here and they're telling, they're telling everybody to slow down, you know, and when we have the accident with the first test ship, they're like, you know, maybe you need to like stop for a bit 
and you know archer and ag and trip they're like no 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 we we we, we can't slow down because if we slow down, it'll just die. It'll go in mothballs and all this. And there was a part where one of the Vulcan ambassadors was, you know, was saying towards the end, something to the effect of you used to take our, our advice, our guidance. And then the retort was, you know, uh, I wish I remembered exactly, but but effectively, you know, we're ready now. And it's very much a parent-child relationship where the overcautious parent is trying to tell you, it's like, look, we've done this before, okay? You can't just do it, you know, quickly, uh, haphazardly, because even like the second test flight was, was pretty reckless. I mean, they could have died, lost a ship, you know, they, a ton of things could have happened, but they came out on top, which is, you know, again, sometimes what matters, but, you know, you, you kind of almost see that maybe a little bit of disappointment in the Vulcan saying, you used to listen to us, you you used to take our advice, you used to hang on our words, and, and you know, yeah. we used to be more of a, a partnership, and this is the, the, the kid attempting to grow up. And that's kind of another theme that you have to, that, that resolves throughout the show as well. Um, sometimes you got to let a kid go. You got to push him out of the nest and let him go and just continue to try and give the best advice you possibly can. And sometimes it'll, they'll, you know, scrape their knee falling off of a bike and, and sometimes they'll, you know, fly right past, you know? So I think there's, there's an element to that as well. So, you know, I might be looking at the episode relatively deeply and sometimes, you know, television is just for entertainment. But again, those are the, those are the kind of things that I, that I think about when, when watching some of like my favorite episodes and the reason why they're my favorites or why they're comfort episodes or why they're episodes I can keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why I like watching three hour movies, you know, just because I like a big, long, fat, juicy story. I'm, I'm not a 90 minute rom-com kind of person. This is these are the kind of things that I like to think about. And this is one of the episodes that that allowed me to think about a lot of different stuff. Yeah, that's why I don't like short stories. I prefer <laughs> the novel. Yeah. Right. No, but, you know, failure is a great teacher, right? And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I know the parent wants to protect the child from failure. but Definitely. Maybe he's just got to, maybe he's got to fall off his bike, like you said, David, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you just got to do that because then you can get back up. That's how I feel about my kids sometimes. (laughs) 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 He'll figure it out. (laughs) There was a... And you guys probably like knew it like straight away, but like um, A.G. Robinson, like I was like, his face looks so darn familiar to me and I couldn't figure it out. And then like he did like this little like head tilt and like he'd something with his voice. And I'm like, that's President Dalton from Madam Secretary. Well, it's Keith Carradine. He's like but that's famous actor. (laughs) But that's where I know him from is Madam Secretary is like President Conrad Dalton. Okay, um, he's David Carradine's brother, right? David Carradine, who played Bill in the Kill Bill movies, right? Do you ever watch Criminal Minds? Nope. 
No, David. Nope. Uh, a very little bit in the beginning. Uh, he showed up. Keith Carradine showed up as a serial killer oh, in cool. season two. Um, he's an Oscar winner, right? Keith Carradine for writing a song for, uh, called "I'm Easy" from the movie Nashville. In 1975, mm. which is a really good movie, just about it's one of those hangout movies, like two and a half hour hangout movies where people are just there's no real plot, people are just doing stuff, right? And he's a musician and he sings a song, and he wrote it himself. Hmm. It's a really good song, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I've never seen Madam Secretary, so I don't know. It's with Tay Leone, right? Yeah. It's really, it's a really good show. I mean, do you like West Wing? Well, I love the West Wing. It's it's kind of similar to West Wing, but it's not as much of a walk and talk like West Wing is. West Wing is fantastic. Yeah, I love West Wing. I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. By the way, and you know, check it out. See if you like it. I I like I like Madam Secretary. It's a good show. Um, but yeah, like, <clears throat> um, like I said. You know, at the beginning with this, like, comfort episodes, like, they don't necessarily have to be the best, right, of any given season or even a series. They can just be very meaningful to us and, like, just touch parts of us um, for whatever reason. Like, just parts of us that, you know, need attention or whatever. Um, And that's, you know, this particular Enterprise episode for you, David. And, um, um... you know, you've you've been able to you know share like some highlights and some themes and some you know stuff surrounding it that's been very meaningful to you, and we've kind of like chimed in here and there. But um, you know, I'm just gonna you know as we maybe kind of like pull into um, like space dock for a second um, here here pretty soon. Um, like I'm wondering like between either you or Eric or myself if there's any like kind of final thoughts or comments about this episode or just in general um, regarding this episode and what we've been talking about. I think, I think David said it really well, right? Yeah. Like, just the the newness and the, the, like, the journey and the struggle is what's, mm-hmm. like, really important. And I think this episode, like, really hits that, hits that theme really hard. Yeah. There's um I'm gonna probably sound like a grumpy old man, but like you know with what you were saying, Eric, about the uh, like videoing like uh, like concerts and stuff like that, you know I've been to Disney World and Disneyland at least one apiece, and like the fireworks show is magical, like there it's meant to be magical, like it's it's the the I think it's called like the goodnight kiss I think is how they kind of like tee it up actually um and I was just thinking like you know like the diamond anniversary for Disneyland I recorded most of that fireworks show I haven't watched it since 2015 you know and there's this saying like you know um and I'm sure we've all heard it you know receipts or it didn't happen type of thing no it happens regardless of whether you have have video or photographic evidence or not it, it happened and I think that's something that we need to appreciate much like Archer is trying to get to Paul to appreciate even though like to Paul's Vulcan and 
you know, kind of like keeping her emotions like below the surface. You know, I think that's something that we can all, you know, try and be in the here and now and just kind of enjoy the moment for what it is and not worry about having evidence that something did or did not happen. And just enjoying being around each other. If it's not in the scrapbook, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. That used to be the old phrase in like the 90s with the scrapbookers right i don't think people really scrapbook anymore right but (laughs) oh lordy well if there's nothing else um i guess we'll kind of kind of land it and um and start to to end this so uh thank you david for for sharing that we'll be um we're gonna do this again um as long as we're we're interested in still doing it um and i'll be i think i'll be the one taking lead uh for the next episode and uh, that's what we call a tease you have to come back next time and see which one i picked and uh, then we'll have uh, commander eric um, bring us on home for um our final discussion on um, his enterprise uh comfort slash favorite episode here in a couple weeks so um guys as always thanks for the conversation and thank you david for um, again sharing your favorite episode uh to all you out in there listener land um what's your opinion of first flight and uh, what's your opinion of um you know just your own comfort episode when it comes to star trek enterprise we'd love to hear it uh you can connect with us you can um you know share your stuff like what what you thought of the episode what your favorite is um by sending something to trtvpod at gmail.com course you can also send us a voice only transmission 817-752-4757 there is a three minute limit so um, watch out Um, otherwise uh, the vulcans might get you Um, other than that if you want to mail us something you can do that make sure it gets to the lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for tuning in Uh, we'll see you next time remember to always bold to go and make it so